Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast called 25 Whistles Talking Sports. And they all wear a whistle, yeah, it's stupid. But what did you expect? It's a podcast called 25 Whistles. 25 Whistles. I don't know, that sports hits weird, doesn't it? It like scares me. It just felt like somebody's yelling, Arr! <laughs> but it said sports. That's what's up. Hey, everybody. 25 Whistles brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports to get in on the action. And the question is, did Kepka choke or did Rom just come to play? What do you think, Kevin? I think Rom is a savage, man. I love watching him play, especially that last day. Kepka is known for choking, but Rom just has that look in his eye. He's like, I know it's for the taking, and it's going to be mine. I like that Rom won because I think he deserves the Masters and sometimes some of the other major winners. The Masters seems like the most elusive one, the hardest one to get because the most the biggest deal is made about it. Yep. I mean, heck, they got their own app. You can't. There are no phones. There's, I liked. I think he deserved to win it at some point. So I'm glad to see it happen. I think Kepka choked too, mostly because what did he play like twenty over twenty holes and no birdies. Yeah. I mean, I think if you said, hey, Bob, you get 20 holes. See if you get a birdie. I'm probably still not going to get one. But maybe. And he's a pro. He had no birdies. He went 23 straight holes. Now, you got to be honest and fair that it was pouring down rain for some of that as well. And it was hard to do anything with the rain just because it came hard. It came light. And then it came hard, and then it stayed hard for a while. But, man, once it got pretty, it was awesome again. Yeah, Sunday was beautiful. I felt bad for those guys that played later in the day on day two because they got their rounds. One, they were, it was really wet. And then, two, it was suspended. They had to get up early in the morning and play even earlier again. So I think Justin Thomas was a victim of that, mm-hmm. at getting stuck in the bad weather. Not that he played great anyway, but you're just not going. And then the greens are wet, and so you're having to play different distances because your ball's not going to spin as much. There are a lot of different things that I would like to say I've learned since I started playing golf, but I don't do that crap either. I'm not good enough to, so I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it too. They were all short. Everybody was short with the rain, with the greens, no roll. So, But I'm going to go more of a Kepka choke, but Rom was there. I, the first hole... Day one, I think he double bogeyed the sucker. Yeah, and he four putted. 
Is that what happened? Yeah, four putted, double bogeyed. I mean, I do it all the time. Four little four putting. <laughs> four putt never hurts me. No, not with what I'm trying to win anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. John Rahm, two time major champion, 2021 U.S. Open, being his other one. He is the fourth Spanish golfer to win the Masters. The first one since Sergio in 2017. It was his fourth PGA win of 2023. John Rahm, killer. You're I, right. He's a killer. I, I like that. And he's kind of got a fat belly. Like yeah. he's tall, skinny guy with fat belly. And I like that. And he was eating like the last five holes. Yeah. Like <laughs> I like I like tall, skinny guy with fat belly guy. Yeah. Because he's putting in the work, obviously, to play golf. You know what? If he wears a tight shirt, he doesn't care. He doesn't he, he doesn't care what other people think about him. Mm-mm. That's what I like about that dude. Mm. He can have fat belly. He can be skinny everywhere else. He's gonna tuck his shirt in. And if you don't like his belly, that's on you. Skinny fat. I can admire somebody skinny fat. Because yeah. I live some of my life skinny fat. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kepka six bogeys in that 23 holes and finished tied with Phil, which by the way, Phil Mixon shot a 65. The crowd just kind of didn't care. Some would be like, there you go, Phil. But Phil's an enemy because Phil is like the spokesperson of live. Mm-hmm. Maybe not spokesperson, but who we feel is like the, the guy that represents them. Cause he went for a bunch of money. He wears all black now, which is weird. Like he totally took on the Hollywood Hogan role. I was rooting for Phil Mickelson, and I always root for Phil Mickelson. Absolutely. And he kind of just shot up in that last day, ended up in second, slowly, step, step, step. Spieth also was playing some really good golf yesterday. He hit that one to the left in the woods. I don't think he was ever going to come back and compete to win it, but he was a couple strokes back from whomever was in second place, which is probably kept at that point. And he, I think on 17 or 18, maybe 18, he, he pulled it into the woods and then he was kind of done from there. But, mm-hmm. but Spieth played really well. It was awesome. Yeah. I like Jordan. I've got to play golf with him twice. Super nice guy. Wow. Super fun guy. Really? Played with them at the Colonial and the Pro-Am there. And it's not like, I just got to play with Jordan Spieth. But the Colonial had a Pro-Am. They invited me. And they said, hey, come out. And it's a celebrity Pro-Am. Is there anybody that you'd like to play with? I didn't know any golfer. I don't know any pro golfers anyway. And so I called Jake Owen and I said, hey, who should I play with? And he said, is Jordan playing? I said, yeah. He goes, play with Jordan. I'll call him. And so I said, okay. And so he calls him and he's like, okay, cool. You and that was it. That's Jake and Jordan are buddies. Like so a full round with them? We played uh, at least nine, maybe more than that. Wow. And then we ended up playing at Pebble Beach. We played a par three course together. We hit, he's just a, I mean, he came and sat with us when we ate, but him and Jake are buddies. So I've just, through association, mm-hmm. I've gotten to know him. I don't have his phone number. Okay. Dang. I was going to say, let's get him on the pod. I know. I don't have his phone number, <laughs> but I do have Jim Nance's. That's true. That's just probably, yeah, even better. Yeah, even better. I'm just scared to call Jim Nance. Still haven't called? No. It ended yesterday. It ended last night. <laughs> no, I know. I assume he took a private flight home, but maybe later on this week. Okay. Reed, would you be intimidated to text Jim Nance? Um, mm, I would say go for it. Would you be intimidated to text Jim Nance? 100%. Okay. Yeah, I would be. But why are you saying go? I, I, I'm going to have to, but why Why would you tell me to just go for it? I mean, I would if just... If you wouldn't do it. I mean... I don't know. I think I think if you got his number, just, you know, just send him a follow-up like, hey, man, hope you're doing good. What you would know? you say? Tell me what to say. Hope you're doing good? 
Be like, uh, hey, man, uh, you sounded great on the Masters. Oh, come on. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't go with a compliment, like a normal everyday compliment. This is butt. Be like, hey, were you busy last week? I'm going to give you a call. Uh, Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's all I would say. You would just say, hey, you sounded good. On the Masters. On the Masters. Yeah, you you sounded incredible on the Masters. Okay. But what's my action point? Because I need you got to ask like a question or... Have a direction because if I just go, hey man, it's Bobby Bones here. You sounded great at the Masters. All he's going to reply yeah. back with is, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I, I treat it like you're. It's a. It's a girl you're wanting to date, and you text her, and you got to chum something back. Yeah. You can't just be like, hey, you looked great yesterday. And you got to play hmm. a little hard to get. I don't know if I can play hard with Jim Nance. That's true. That's true. Mike, what do you think? I think you go for it. Ask for the dinner. Ask him on a date. A dinner. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just trying to get him on the podcast here. No, you got to go for it. Uh, Tiger Woods withdrew on Sunday due to a foot injury. It did look sad when he was kind of hobbling around in the oh, green. Yeah. He aggravated a previous injury. He finished 47th overall. He made the cut because Justin Thomas didn't. I was watching, and if Justin Thomas would have even fallen to plus two, no, plus three, they'd have all made it. But I think he even fell out, and Justin Thomas did not make the cut. And I think Eddie picked Justin Thomas? Yes. In our parlay, mm-hmm. and we did mm-hmm. not hit that. Mm-hmm. I do want to check in on the others. In a second, but the play was suspended on a Friday at a time due to those three pine trees falling over on the 17th hole. Massive trees, timber type trees, not just limbs coming off a tree, full timber. The fact that nobody was hit by anything wild, wild, because everybody was standing in that area anyway because it's behind a hole. Yeah, it was crazy. So, there you go, your master's recap. Congratulations to John Rom. Uh, your payouts for this, John Rom won three point. Two million for finishing first. Phil Mickelson and Kepka each won one point six million. They tied for second, tied for fourth since there were three: Russell Henley, Patrick Reed, and Jordan Spieth. They won seven hundred forty-four thousand dollars. Cam Young and Hovland six hundred thousand. Hovland's one that jumped out day one for a while. Mm-hmm. It was like five under, six under quickly. You know what? And he played pretty well to stay there. He wasn't expected to be up there, but you know, they were talking to Kepka. Was it Russell Henley who was playing so slow in the group ahead of him? Because um, he said Rom used the bathroom seven times. And the pace was so slow. That's like going to a muni, and there's a sixum ahead of you. And you're not supposed to play with sixums, but they set it off where two of them went, and there was four, and they all just combined like whole three to try to get one over on the system. Yeah. Whoever was ahead of them was extremely slow. And then the um, – I'm going to say his name wrong, but I watched him on – Full swing. Sahith Digala? Yeah. I loved him on the show. That was like a dude you're like, that's a dude you want to hang out with. He seems so nice, hardworking. First time he moved out of his parents' house. He has an apartment. He's doing laundry for but the first time. Laundry. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I got to yes. make... And he finishes top 10. Made half a million dollars. And he was all stoked. Scheffler did finish 10th. So we would have hit the Scheffler top 10 in the parlay. Scheffler, Fitzpatrick... Morikawa, they all finished tied for 10th, 432,000. Now, if you just made the cut, if you so 53rd, Keith Mitchell made $45,000. So he probably paid for his room and board yeah. down in Augusta. Yeah. Making the cut. What'd you find for me over there? I see you just diligently di- diving into stuff. I am, and I'm trying to look for Jason Day. I'm pretty sure he finished like 37th. He was doing great all weekend. And then he kind he of fell off. He was up there. He was up there. He fell off. So like 37th. And then, like you said, uh, the top 10 we did get from Scheffler there. Here, keep looking it up. Okay. I'll do a little commercial here. We got a lot to talk about. But as you look that up, 
especially the, the Rudy Gobert shoulder punch, which was hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's talk about DraftKings. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoop action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score 150 bucks in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NFL playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. That's right. Download the app now. Sign up with the code BOBBYSPORTS. New customers can make just a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. And by there, I mean your. That's right. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the code's Bobby Sports, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York, 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369. See show notes for full details. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. In my best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, talking about golf, 
Now I'll mention this before I get over to Houston Barber, who's one of my favorite TikTok people to follow when it comes to sports news, is that Eddie and I and a couple other friends went to play a little golf on maybe Saturday, but it was cold and it was rainy. The last two times I've tried to play golf, it's been raining. It's been terrible. And I played so bad. I don't even understand how I played so bad. I don't understand how some days I can go out and it's not just pulling it a little or slicing it a little. Some days I can go out and I can hit the ball pretty good. And there are other days where I can't hit the ball. I can't get it up in the air. And I'm like, how is my body that different from one day to the next? Mm-hmm. How's my body so different that I can't remember how to swing? I'm not saying it wasn't a, like, I'm not saying it's just a little off. Like, oh, I had really had a bad day. You know, I, I, was, I was hooking them all a little, a little to the right because I'm, I'm left-handed. No, it was terrible. There were times where I was just nozzling it, hosling it, cozzling it, whatever you call that little stick on the backside of it. It was so stupid. Eddie and I both played so terrible. We walked, of course, because we started playing at three and it was car path only. And if you drive a car and you do car path only, you get up to the ball and you got to walk out to the ball. Then you got to go walk out the wrong clubs. You got to walk back anyway. And you got mud. So we're just like, let's just walk it about the same distance anyway. Wrong. It was muddy and we were exhausted. We drug a cart behind us the whole time. I don't mind walking it as long as Eddie's my caddy. I've only Did ever he, walked with somebody caddying for yeah. me. But we drug this old cart and the cart was broken on the bottom of us. The bag kept falling off my cart. It fell all the way in the mud once. My white and red bag's covered in mud. It's a disaster. Overall horrible day. Horrible day. So I went to the range yesterday evening for a little bit and hit balls and was like, okay, I'm good. But how come this good doesn't go out there on the course? Yesterday was beautiful. Yeah. I was hitting it beautiful. Yeah. But I guarantee you, next time I go to the course, it will not be beautiful. <laughs> Probably not. It's so annoying. All right. You got them? Or you want more time? I need more time. You got it. If time is what you want, time is what you get. Let's go talk to Houston Barber. This dude, so knowledgeable. Corner Blitz, such a good account to follow. And here he is. We talk about it all here. Football, basketball. Well, mostly just that. But here he is, Houston Barber. Houston, what's up, dude? I'm doing good. Hi, Bobby. How are you doing? Good to see you again. I, you know, everybody good listening, the Corner Blitz is one of my favorite TikTok accounts to follow. I think Houston lays it out in a way that's not only uh, not insulting to hardcore sports fans, but also if you don't know much about sports at all, it's so entertaining that, you know, you kind of start wading into it. So I think that's a good compliment. You know, you, you talk up and down to folks. That's awesome. I'll take it. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, you know, one of the videos that I've been waiting to talk to you about was this FBI college basketball video that you'd put up. It may have put it up a month or so ago. And so it's kind of how the whole scandal fell apart and how it fell mm-hmm. apart. But I'm going to let you tell the story. So what was the what was the FBI doing to begin with? So about five years ago or so, the FBI kind of announced out of nowhere that there was a big investigation in progress into college basketball. And when they originally announced it, it seemed like it was going to be an investigation that was going to break college basketball wide open and a lot of the biggest names in the sport were reported to be uh implicated in the investigation and you know media was running wild with it talking about all that could come out of this investigation we saw kind of uh drops of news come out of it and then out of nowhere the investigation kind of stopped and no one really suffered any consequences from it except for a few you know low-level assistant coaches and a couple months ago, we found out what really happened with the investigation, which is that the FBI did have some big names involved, and they set up a sting operation in Las Vegas. They got a hotel, uh, and they had an FBI agent go undercover and bring basketball coaches into Las Vegas, give them money under wiretap, and 
all you know reports are that that sting operation was a success and they got coaches handed them money got them on tape but what happened was with the leftover money the fbi agents kind of had a little bit of a spending spree in las vegas <laughs> spent uh, a lot of the money on casinos and drinks and by doing that kind of ruined all of the evidence and investigation and it led to the fbi kind of shutting down a lot of the funds for this investigation and ruined a lot of you know the good the good work that they were doing and uh limited what the fbi was able to accomplish with that investigation and it got a lot of people off the hook by doing that which is crazy because you just have these guys or guys meaning it could be men or women but you have these guys who are trained who have been sent there to do a job that they've also been a part of for a long time but there's a little extra money and they just thought they had to go spend it on you know some drinks and some gambling and it spoiled the whole thing it was like it corrupted the whole investigation but if that leaks out because that part of the story did how come we're not seeing any leaks of like the tapes that they got of the coaches exactly yeah and i and i think that is how a lot of programs really lucked out and i and i think you know we obviously saw Kansas was involved. I think, you know, a lot of the uh, the Nike schools, you know, when this investigation was announced were really the nervous ones because that was kind of the crux of what was happening was that these assistant coaches were making side deals with the shoe companies to get their players to sign long-term deals with the shoe companies in exchange for getting massive amounts of money to either the coaches personally or to funnel the money from the coaches to the players to get them to go to their school. Even when you look at LSU and what happened there with their, you know, in, in not this last season, but, you know, he got into some trouble and, mm -hmm. you know, he's now coaching somewhere else. But was there, was he involved in this specifically? You know, I don't, I think he kind of had a whole world of trouble under himself, but it, it really was a connection of, you know, the, the FBI was undercovering a real, you know, thing that was happening in college basketball, which was all this under the table money. And it's really something that we knew was happening all along and you know everyone kind of turned a blind eye towards but another thing that kind of helped out these college basketball coaches was you know the start of nil and now everyone is used to college players getting paid a ton of money so if you hear about you know a college basketball player getting paid you know a million dollars that's not quite as shocking now as it would have been you know four or five years ago yeah because when the will wade story came out they had audio of a recording and not the same but i just imagine if he's doing it there he's probably up in vegas hitting it hard too this is all speculation on my part but if will wade's on a, on a phone call and they got him recorded i can't imagine he's not up on the luxor you know going hard as well exactly yeah um and then mcneese state hired will wade is there a couple of those coaching situations that i look at now that'd be a tough one also ole miss mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. their basketball program with beard yeah. that would be a tough one i mean how eventually he has to answer questions right because i've watched a couple of the pressers and he doesn't answer anything at all houston mm -hmm. what do you think that the idea is down at Ole miss is it just win and who cares is it yeah i i think that's kind of a, a motto that you know they've they've seen find a lot of success at other programs where i mean as long as you're winning people aren't going to be asking questions and now it flips on its head when you start losing then people have all sorts of questions but, you know, if you keep the fans happy, you keep the boosters happy, you can stay away from a lot of trouble. When you look back at Bruce Pearl, who basically cooked a hamburger for a kid and, you know, gets sent out of Tennessee, you know, and he's mm -hmm. at Auburn now. But you're right. Sometimes things that happen now, they're all OK because the rules have changed. But and when it happened 10 years ago, it's a whole offense and you got to you got to cleanse the program. 
Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that makes the NCAA so frustrating. There's a great example. You know, there was a kid from uh, Florida State this year. He was one of their, you know, their top freshmen that they brought in. Uh, and right before the season started, he got suspended for over half the season. I think it was about 20 games or so because he took a flight from Europe to America when he was a teenager that was paid for by some training company. The NCAA suspended him 25 games for that. It was, you know, a $300 flight. He had to miss basically his entire freshman season because of that. And then you have, you know, all of, as you mentioned, all these coaches running around doing insane things that, you know, because they're winning, because they're more powerful, you know, they don't ever face consequences. But the NCAA can really push a thumb down on people where they can find reasons to do so and know that they won't get a ton of pushback from. What do you think about Reggie Bush? Should he get his Heisman back? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, I think, you know, uh, unless you're in jail, you should be pretty much carte blanche for getting everything everything back you deserve, because I I think everyone is kind of reshaping in their minds what a college athlete brings in terms of value and what they should be receiving in terms of value. Even just gambling in general, right? I mean, the, the betting culture is now just a normal culture. I was at I was doing an event and I was speaking at an event and I was sitting next to a pastor and he was like, hey, what's the line on the, and I'm like, you're a pastor. But then I go, well, I shouldn't, it's not, it's legal. There's nothing wrong with it. And he was like, yeah, "Yeah, I bet on these games sometimes for fun. And so even that, I I leaned to like somebody like Pete Rose, who obviously Mm -hmm. has been banned from baseball because the gambling he did back in the day. But do you feel like that's different with Pete Rose because he was betting within his sport, although he says it's not his own team? Yeah, I mean, the when you're when you're gambling on a sport that you're an active participant on, it definitely gets into murky waters. And I think that's one of those things that, you know, any sports league should have a really hard stance on because, you know, when you get into the actual integrity of the games and the scores themselves, you know, you, you can kind of ruin a lot by doing that. So, I you know, I, on the Pete Rose thing, I'm kind of in agreement of him. You know, I, it's tough because you, it's hard to tell the story of baseball without Pete Rose. But you do have to suffer consequences when you are in those waters. I'll throw one more at just Calvin Ridley, who was suspended for all 2022, basically, for betting on NFL games. And he's back. You know, he's playing this year. So mm-hmm. is Pete Rose so different than Calvin Ridley? You know, I, I, honestly, uh, I, I don't think their stories are that different. You know, I, I don't I don't think Calvin uh, Ridley is going to be uh, uh, breaking any NFL records and, you know, have a Hall of Fame case that Pete Rose may have. Um, uh, but I, I think... You know, the NFL definitely used Calvin Ridley as an example to show that, you know, if you come close to messing with the gambling waters, you're going to get in trouble. And I think actually that's a rare instance where I'm kind of in agreement with the NFL there. So, Houston, if you were the director of all sports and the commissioner of all sports, would you feel that Pete Rose has served his time and now should be allowed to be back in, which then puts him in the Hall of Fame? Or Mm -hmm. would you say no forever or would you let him die and then put him in the Hall of Fame so he can't screw anything up? You know, in my opinion, I I think he has uh, served his sentence in terms of punishment. And I think it would be good before he, you know, passes away to get him in the Hall of Fame. And I I actually feel the same way about the steroid guys as well, just in terms of I I don't think you can show the history of baseball without mentioning Pete Rose, without mentioning Barry Bonds. Those guys that are so integral to the sport. And even if you want to, you know, put an asterisk in there, however you can, that's fine. But they were so important into the story of baseball that you have to show what they accomplished. That's a great point about the steroid era in baseball. 
that was an era when the strike hit and we needed something amazing. And it's like, you needed Sosa and you needed Bonds and you needed McGuire to all come out and hit all these home runs to get people interested in the sport. But now we're going, well, since you had all the home runs because you were taking steroids, we're going to make sure you're not allowed in the Hall of Fame or it's going to be very difficult for you to get in. You're right, Houston. That is very hypocritical. And I stand against it. I'm going to forget about this conversation in 20 minutes, but I stand <laughs> against it because we should let all the steroid users in if they performed well. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's honestly like a similar mindset we have to the NIL now where you know, when the steroid stories were first breaking in the early 2000s, all of us were, you know, we shocked or we were at least acted shocked by it. And I think looking back now, a lot of those act, uh, those uh, reactions were probably overreactions uh, just because you we can appreciate now 20 years back just how talented Barry Bonds was, how you know, impressive it was for Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa to go on those home run streaks, you know, and, and even before the steroid, you know, uh, pop from Barry Bonds, he probably was still a Hall of Fame player. You know, th- th- those guys absolutely, you know, deserve the recognition now. And I think they've more than suffered the consequences. They probably deserve some consequences for, you know, what they were dealing with. Um, uh, but But they need to be honored by Major League Baseball, I think. Yeah, we needed them to do what they did to bring baseball back. And they did, mm-hmm. right? It was all over everywhere. It was, it was top of the cycle, new cycle and sports cycle. But now we're punishing them for what we needed them to do. We suck. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we suck for for not being like, we love you steroids. Uh, a couple other things I want to talk about here is San Diego State. Now, yeah. what a run. Made it all mm-hmm. the way to the end. Didn't win it, but all the way to the end. And now possibly going over to the Pac-12. What are you hearing about this? Yeah, so, you know, San Diego State was one of those teams that was uh, being looked at by the Pac-12. And, you know, I, I did a video about this because, you know, I, I thought you could make the case that San Diego State had more pressure in that tournament than maybe any team in tournament history, just in terms of the fact that the future of their entire program could have very much well been on the line in terms of whether they were not they were going to get in the Pac-12. At, you know, the Pac-12, looking at San Diego State now, I think is very different than looking at San Diego State a few months ago. So you can add a team into your conference that, you know, just made a Final Four, has a lot of, you know, bright future ahead of them. And at San Diego State, you know, the people will make, you know, make fun of the amount that the Pac-12 is making in terms of comparing it to the SEC or the Big Ten. But when you're comparing the amount that Pac-12 makes to the Mountain West Conference, you know, in those smaller level conferences, it's a huge difference. So San Diego State getting Power Five level money injected into their program, you know, they can become a really good football team. They're a pretty decent football team right now, just with you know lower level conference funding. You give them Pac-12 funding, I think they can be you know a serious team on the level of Utah, you know, uh, those other Arizona, Arizona State. I think they'll be right in line with those teams. And that's a huge uh, momentum for the San Diego State program. And building off that tournament run, I think it's going to be hard for the Pac-12 to deny them now. So when you talk about the influx of cash, and, you know, I live in SEC land and my my favorite team is an SEC team, and I understand mm-hmm. what it can do and what it allows. I mean, facility-wise, mm-hmm. coach-wise, you just can kind of go down the line. But what's the difference in Mountain West and Pac-12 money? So the Pac-12 teams make, you know, somewhere between 30 or 40 million a year right now. And they're going to sign another media contract soon. It's kind of, we don't know yet how much money they'll make, but it'll probably be a little bit more uh, than they're currently making now. Mountain West, you know, teams, they make as little as, you know, 5 million a year. Dang. Uh, so you, you think about a six times, you know, annual revenue increase for San Diego State. You know, they, they can do a ton with that. Not just, you know, in terms of the players they can do, they can hire a much higher level 
uh, of coaches, you know, all, all across the board, you know, everything that you need to run a football program nowadays. And, and I think San Diego State, you know, they they knew that they were on the precipice of getting invited, joining in. And that's why I said I think San Diego State had as much pressure as any team because they they, they knew that they could make a name for themselves in that tournament run and, and they pulled it off, which is pretty impressive. I like realignment. I think it's fun. I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, I understand it's a business. I think if you get lost and it's not a business, then you start to get sad. But I understand it's a business that I also think is very fun. And so with realignment in the SEC, we have Oklahoma and Texas coming in, not this year, but the next year after that. To you, mm-hmm. is that something that you're excited about? And secondly, you know, we've seen kind of the leak. I think when Saban went down for media days, they had who Alabama was supposed to play because Saban was upset. Uh, like, what are you hearing about how these coaches are feeling about it? And have we kind of been told who they're not pods really but are you in totally that that's who each team is playing as their specific three it seems like the teams now have a pretty decent idea of how the scheduling is going to work and it seems like you know you'll have about two teams that you two or three teams that you will play every single year and the problem is you know there'll be a good thing for some teams a good you know bad thing for other teams but they're not going to really keep the annual rivalries that uh, SEC fans have come to know. The big ones like Florida, Georgia, you know, Auburn, Alabama, those will stay. Uh, but you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Tennessee, you know, Arkansas, LSU, those games may not happen on an annual basis anymore. Uh, and again, you know, you can look at that in a good way or a bad way. I'm all for these conference expansions. I'm really excited for, it, and I think it's something that is kind of being under discussed, but. College football is going to change so much after this upcoming season. You think this is the last season with four playoff teams. The SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12 are going to look like completely different conferences after this season is over. Um, uh, you know, and, and even the way the conference championship games are played, you're not going to have an East champion and a West champion playing a championship. It's just going to be the two teams with the best you know, overall records and conference play are going to be playing in these conference championship games, which means you could get, you know, an Alabama Auburn SEC championship game, a Michigan Ohio State Big Ten championship game. The ACC is already doing that this year. You know, the, their their conference, you know, sides are out the window. So, you know, you can have FSU Clemson playing an ACC championship game. Uh, and, and these are big time changes that, you know, are going to really affect uh, you know, how fans view the sport, even how teams play, because, you know, with a 12 team playoff, a lot more teams are going to be really invested in those final games of the year where now, you know, we come to the last two weeks of the season. There's really only six teams that we pay attention to in terms of national prominence. Now, you know, there's so many teams that are going to be trying to get those last few spots. And it, I think it's going to make a really fun end of November run for college football fans. Yeah, me too. I'm pumped about it because again, it gives, more programs a reason to be a very loud, annoying vocal program. And that's awesome. I always say if I'm annoyed at your team or if I like hate you, not you, Houston, I like you, but like hate you because of your allegiance, that means your team has been beating mine. And mm-hmm. like I can't stand tennis, I can't stand the volunteers. I hate them. Yeah. But I tell them that all the time that it's a respect thing. Cause if you did, you weren't a thorn in my freaking foot, I wouldn't hate you. I hate the longhorns. Maybe I just hate yeah. orange guys. You ever think about that? Maybe I just hate the color orange for that reason. But it's, you know, whenever you really despise a team, it's because usually they've gotten the better of you a bunch of times, but this is going to make 
more programs unbearable for longer. And I'm all for it because that means I'm invested in. I love the 12. Let's go to 16 before we even get the 12 going, I say. It's going to happen. Yeah, we're, we see that in college basketball over the past 40 years. Teams keep getting added to the tournament. It's going to happen in college football as well. What do you think? And I got a couple more questions for you, but NIL, you know, as far as what's happening in the NIL space now, and I will tell you that I've done a few NIL deals with players myself. So like I am educated on the process. However, what I probably am not educated enough on is what rules may be put into place soon to kind of corral in the old wild west right now. Like what are you hearing NIL wise that somebody could do to just not make this a land of, I'll give you a million bucks and literally you got to come and sign a piece of paper. I mean, it's, Almost, there are no rules at all. What's going to change? Exactly. And unfortunately, I honestly don't see that changing anytime soon because the NCAA right now is making the same mistake that it's made for the past, you know, 20, 30 years or so, which is they're hoping that, you know, Congress is going to fix all their problems for them. They're trying to go through Congress, through their senators to create, you know, a national NIL bill. And there's just not support for that. And I don't think the NCAA is going to have any success with that. You know, and short of that, the NCAA doesn't seem to have any real interest in creating, you know, NIL barriers themselves. They probably know that, you know, as an institution, they're not powerful enough to keep these NIL deals. And so, you know, at this point, I think the NCAA kind of has its hands behind its back. And, you know, we're we're only going to see these NIL issues grow unless – conferences come together you know the sec and the big 10 decide hey we're gonna do this we're gonna set these laws ourselves we don't care what the rest of the ncaa is doing but we're gonna make these laws just for sec teams just for big 10 teams and you know that's for further points of what people have been saying the future of college football is which is just the sec and the big 10 separating away from the ncaa and i think that may be the spur of all this and same question about the portal again new-ish but I feel like there have got to be some sort of rules, especially when it comes to poaching. We, we saw the, mm-hmm. you know, some of the guys that were in the tournament saying we're already being poached and we're still playing in the NCAA tournament. You know, do you see the NCAA or any governing body stepping in and making any new rules about the portal? I think the transfer portal is one area where that the NCAA actually can, you know, make some changes for the better because – on the whole, I think the transfer portal has been a really great thing overall for both football and basketball, um, and especially for the players as well. Uh, we've seen already that you know football, they have these transfer windows now, which weren't there before. So you have a couple weeks after the season ends, and we're going to have the transfer portal open back up here in a few weeks after spring practice ends. You know and that that uh, organizes it a little bit. Uh, as far as the tampering goes, I don't know how that <laughs> you're going to settle that issue because, you know, Nick Saban wants a player that's on a, uh, a lower level college football team. He's probably going to get the word out to him. You know, that guy probably wants to hear from Alabama himself, you know. Final uh, question. Final, final question. I've already asked the final. That's in the final final. It's <laughs> the double final. Uh, if you were stock marketing these SEC football teams, I assume you're a Bulldog fan. I'm not, I know where you live. Are you a big Georgia fan? You know, actually not. I uh, graduated from uh, Florida State, so I'm, I'm a Seminole fan Got at it. heart. Uh, okay. I try to be as impartial as possible, um, but when it comes to FSU, it's a little tough. You guys should come to the SEC, too. Like, you guys in Clemson should both just come over and join the fun. Don't you agree? You're, you're mouth to God's ears. I yeah. hope that happens. Um, so if you were good, then you're not into a team. Stock market up. What SEC team do you look at and go, man, if I were buying right now, that would be the one I would jump into? You know, I really like LSU. You know, I I, I value 
bringing back starting quarterbacks. LSU is bringing back a pretty good one. They've got another really good one waiting in the wings. And I think, you know, as much as we all make fun of uh, Coach Kelly down there, I think he's a great college football coach. And, you know, I, I think LSU is going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Um, uh, you know, Georgia, it, I don't think I'd buy stock in Georgia just because their stock price is probably more than I could afford right now. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but you know, LSU is the team that I'm eyeing. And, you know, with, with Texas joining the SEC, I, you know, I, I think the amount of money that they're throwing into that Texas program, it's almost going to be impossible for them not to be good coming up here in the next few years. I'm going to start market up South Carolina and, and Beamer, what they're doing mm-hmm. over there. And just in every way, it's just positive, positive, positive. They're getting recruits. I don't think they're going to national championship next year. But, you know, that's a stock that doesn't cost a whole lot that I'd buy right now because it just is can continuously gaining value. Well, you look at how they ended their season. Not many teams ended as impressive a season as South Carolina did. I cursed Clemson. That's why they lost. I got on the air and I cursed Clemson, and that's why Clemson lost South Carolina. Okay, final part of the same question. Who who do you uh, sell because stock's going down? Uh, I'm getting a lot of bad vibes out of Gainesville right now. You know, the the, the skaters program, you know, started with their disastrous recruiting pitch to their quarterback. They lost their, you know, big-time recruit. Uh, you know, they, they lost a lot of guys that were going to be, you know, starters or potential starters for them to the transfer portal, uh, you know, and, and Napier, you know, I think he he hasn't shown, you know, to be a really bad coach in my mind, but I'm not sold on him being able to build the Florida program into what the fans expect. And if you're not building a, a media championship roster for those Florida fans, they are going to get you pretty quick. And I sell Tennessee because I hate them. That's all. I just don't want it in my portfolio. <laughs> I just don't want them. Yeah. And so get rid of it. Okay, listen, everybody. You guys follow on Twitter and TikTok, The Corner Blitz. Houston does great work. I'm telling you, if you're a hardcore sports fan or just a novice, like he does the kind of stuff that's entertaining and interesting and really gets into the weeds on some of this stuff. So go follow The Corner Blitz. Houston, man, keep doing what you do. I love having you on and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate it. Yeah, I always love talking to you. All right, there he is. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, 
and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Houston. Love that dude. I'm sure we'll get him on next couple months again. Reminder, the 25 Whistles brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports and get in on the action. Listen, it's playoff basketball now. And we're going to talk about just the playoffs are set and the play-in games finally. That West, we just had to get that in some sort of condition to even understand what was going on. But it's there. But here we go. The play-in games. Hawks and Heat. Heat minus five. Boy, NBA games to me are like NFL games. As in, I never really know. I'm just kind of throwing a dart at a board on NBA games or NFL games. And when I do really know, that's when I really don't know. Just when I'm ever sure you know. about it, I'm like, oh yeah, the Colts for sure are going to go. Colts lose by 40. So let me just pick one of these games that I feel good about. So Hawks at Heat, Heat minus five. Eh. Timberwolves at Lakers. Lakers are six and a half point favorites. I would just take a Lakers money line. They're all pretty big spreads, five, right? Five, six and a half, five and five. I would go Lakers and Heat money line and leave it at that. You ain't going to make a ton of money on that. Yeah. But you ain't going to lose either. Don't listen to me for NBA game betting. <laughs> just don't. I tell you, I'm, I'm really good at college football. I'm probably average at NFL, NBA below average. Because I have an NBA Sunday ticket, you know. That's, That's right. What it's called? Yeah, well, it's not called that. It's actually called League Pass. I call it NBA Sunday ticket. <laughs> Um, Bulls at Raptors, Raptors five point favorite. Thunder at Pelicans, Pelicans five point favorite. I'd like to see the Thunder win the game. I'd like to see the Thunder get in. Uh, if you want to take twenty five whistles parlay, which we'd put up, which we're not doing today, because I'm not going to give you something I'm not confident. We're not going to give you one of those. But if they have all kinds of parlays, easy bets for you. New users use the code Bobby Sports when you download the app. Twenty one and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. If you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. How are we feeling? I think we're good. Okay, so we had in the top 10. So we had in the top 10, Scheffler. Where did he finish? 10. Okay, so far, one for one, baby. Who's top 20? Top 20 was JT. Okay, that was Eddie. That was Eddie. Who he, put Scheffler in at 10? You. Did or, it? We went off of, who did we talk to last week? Oh, that was Roddick. Yes. Roddick, Roddick. put Scheffler out in the top 10. So he hit. Yeah. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, top 20, did not hit. Eddie. I know. I can't really say anything, though, because Jason Day, top 30, tied for 39th. 
Kevin. I know. And then mine was Spieth, right? Spieth, top 40. He finished fourth. Hey, hey, nailed that one, didn't yep, I, babies? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we didn't hit that. So we blame Eddie, right? Yeah, you kind of suck too. But when you said <laughs> no. yours, I was like, Jason Day, huh? But then when I I was watching Day stay top of leaderboard, I was like, look at Kevin. He knows. Oh, he did. Boom, boom. <laughs> we watched that thing. <laughs> he pulled a Kepka. Bomb out of there. <laughs> NBA playoffs. They start tomorrow night, unless you're listening to this on Tuesday. Then they start tonight. The Bucks are the favorite to win it all, plus 265. The Celtics at plus 320. The Suns at plus 450. And the Sixers and Warriors at plus 950. I might take some of that Sixers action for plus 950. I don't think they're going to win it, but I'm just playing the odds here. Plus 950 for the Sixers? Why are you looking at me like that? I was going to well, then you said n- maybe not to win it because I was like, you really trust Embiid? But I would but- take them to win it, but just because the odds are, I feel like a plus 950, that's a good bet to make. That if you were to bet it 10 times, one out of those 10 times it hits. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, the odds are great. And also, you could bet it and they get to the finals. You can just, it, it, well, it's they got to get through, obviously, Milwaukee, Boston, mm-hmm. maybe both, maybe just one. Maybe none if they don't play them and they lose first round. But yeah. if they can just get to the finals, just cash out, baby. Take your money. Cash out. You know, they don't got to win it all. Yeah, that's true. But the East is going to be hard. I don't know, but <laughs> Phoenix is going to be tough too. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be Phoenix and Boston, right? I'd love to see that. I know you're a big Celtics guy. Yeah, I love it. Or, I mean, it could be Phoenix and Milwaukee, Golden State though, but I don't know. Tuesday, playing games. Hawks at Heat. Winner plays the Celtics. Loser plays the winner of the Bulls and Raptors, which is another one of those playing games. So if you win it, you're in. Winner plays the Celtics. Congratulations, you just won. The, is this the playoffs, by the way? Mm-hmm. Is the play in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I say yes, it is too. It's the postseason. Yeah. And people say that the in the NCAA tournament, the round of 68, they call that the NCAA tournament. Those games to get you in the 64. Yeah. So I'm, this is the playoffs. Yeah, some people, some people are saying it's not the rule of the playoffs. Mm, I but, mean, if, if you can lose and go home, I consider it the playoffs. And do they say that to the two eleven seeds that are playing in the round of 68? That's not the NCAA tournament. Yes, it is. You're in the tournament, and if you win, you're already bracketed up against the person that's coming up. Yeah. So I'm going to say it is the playoffs. Hawks and Heat, winner plays the Celtics. Timberwolves and Lakers, winner plays Memphis. I think if the Lakers win this, I think they can beat Memphis. I do. I know you're not a believer. You ceiling them in like what, second round? Second round. So I, I do think they could beat Memphis. The only thing is, I don't know if they can hang with them night to night. I don't with have that to. Athleticism and youth that Memphis. Them. They can has. lose a couple. Yeah. Uh, but I, would I be surprised if they beat them? No, I wouldn't. Well, no, that's a, that's, we hate answers like that because it gives oh, you okay. a yes and a no. Okay. And if I had a shock, if I were able to take it like a little shock collar and strap it to you guys' testicles, and anytime you did something, <laughs> and anytime you did something, I was like, that's not cool. I'd shock you on that one. Yes, because that's the poser alert. Can I do that okay. for fun? Testicle shocking? Yeah. You can do your own. Okay. Let us know. Yeah, get back to us. Uh, so yeah, Tuesday night, those are the games there. Wednesday night, Bulls at Raptors, and you got to win this to go up, not into the playoffs, but to play the loser that came down from the other game. Mm-hmm. Loser gets eliminated, and then 9.30 Eastern, sub eight thirty Central, Thunder at Pelicans. Let's go Thunder. Yeah, that'd be fun. Let's let the Thunder roll. Ooh. Well, Garth? I saw that the average age of the Thunder was like 21 and a half. So young. It's like wow. the youngest NBA team. Uh, here we go. Seedings. Cavs and Knicks will play first round. 
I'm going with the, I'm going with the Cavs there, but barely. It's gonna be a fun one. I agree. Sixers and Nets. The Nets are playing so good. If they beat Philly in round one, that's trouble for everybody that wears a Sixers uniform, including Doc Rivers. He ain't wearing a uniform, but he's over there next to <laughs> yes, people wearing uniforms. Absolutely. But the Nets have been playing so... I mean, they, they've been so good consistently ever since Kyrie left. Yeah. But I'm still going to go with the 76ers. So I got Cavs, Sixers. Celtics are going to beat the Heat Hawks winner, and the Bucks are going to beat whoever wins out of the play, playing game. Western Conference, Suns and Clippers. That's going to be a Suns win there as long as KD is healthy enough to make people think he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Because he gets so much attention that in order for them to stop the Suns consistently, they're going to, have to stop KD. And if he's healthy or they think he's healthy, they're going to have to give him that attention, which opens it up and leaves so much space for everybody else, yeah, including Booker. Kings and Warriors... That sucks for the Kings. I know. I feel so bad I said bad this a couple them. weeks ago. It sucks for the Kings. They're finally in. They're a three seed, and they got to play the Warriors that are only a six because they've had a lot of their guys out all year. Yeah. The Grizzlies will play the winner of the Lakers and Pelicans. If it's the Lakers, I'm taking the Lakers over the two seed. And the Nuggets will play the winner of the final play-in game. So there you go. It's fun, though. It's fun because LeBron's back in. Love him or hate him. LeBron brings eyeballs. It's fun that Golden State is a six seed. It's fun to see the Kings have such a high seed. So it's a little credibility to those guys. Because mm-hmm. that was such a losing. I was just, they were just Loserville, man. Everything about them was Loserville. Yeah. You go into the arena, welcome to Loserville, population five on our side. It's ter- <laughs> I mean, it was a bad, bad situation. So super excited to see that. On the East, you got what you expect. Giannis, obviously. The Celtics, who have two superstars. The Sixers, this probably the final go at it unless they go at it. I can't see Harden staying if they flame out. I can't see Doc Rivers being kept if they fall round one. I saw uh, Harden is in the playoffs for the 14th straight time. 14 It doesn't even seem like he's been around that long. I mean, it seems like he's been around a while, but wow. You know, speaking of the playoffs, I do see now where the NBA is investigating the Mavericks for sitting folks and then also pulling Luka, like, first quarter. Mm-hmm. Early second. Yeah, yeah, like right at the first quarter. I'm cool with teams tanking. I've, it's strategy. Competition has as much strategy as it is anything else. Now, if it were an owner who was tanking or an owner was doing something, getting bad players because he didn't want to pay that's one thing to me because you're not giving your fans a fair chance. But if you feel like for your fans, the most fair chance at a championship is getting a better draft pick and you're going to take, you're going to go full Lucky Charms, then I get it. <laughs> now, let me tell you about Lucky Charms. When I ate my Lucky Charms, ate all the oats first, ate the marshmallow second, so I get to have my, my prize at the end. Some people take the spoon and they, they have balance in their life. They take the spoon, they go, oats, marshmallows all together. Mm, not me. I will suffer through the oats. And at the end, have all marshmallows. And is it a little too sweet sometimes? Yes. But that's okay. But I'll go full oats, a little bit of mar- and for the little bit of marshmallows that are all clumped together at the very end. And if your basketball team, or your football team, or your baseball, not really baseball because the draft's a different situation there. 
But if they want to lose in order to have a strategic advantage to get better faster, I got no problem with that, especially if there are no real rules against it. What they've tried to do to stop tanking is make it all percentage-based. So if you're the number one losing team, you don't automatically get the first pick. It's all percentage-based. Well, you got a 12% chance. You got, and so do other teams who didn't finish as bad as you. But what happened was Kyrie Irving didn't play. Hardaway Jr. didn't play. Josh Green didn't play. Christian Wood didn't play. All these people aren't playing on Friday. Luka goes in, and you know why I think he went in? I don't know this for sure. But where is he from? Whatever it was, they were having like an appreciation for like the people, like oh, his, his folks. Really? Yeah, they came from that country. Slovenia, I think. I or? think that's what it was. I think it was Slovenia Appreciation Night. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Look that up, make sure I'm not crazy. It was some sort of appreciation night. I think it's the only reason he played. And then he came out of the game. And so had they won that game, they would have been in as the 10 playing for that spot to get that eight. You were correct. The second annual. It was. Yeah. That's the only reason he played. Wow. So what are they going to do? They're not going to win. Any, so let's say they get the 10. Let's say they win the play in to get to the eight. All they're doing is making their draft pick worse. They're not going to win the title. So I'm totally down. I'm good. As long as your team isn't trying to cut budget so the owner doesn't have to pay. Cuban, you know, wants to win. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Whenever they miss that shot at the end of the game, because Dallas had a chance to win at the end of the game, went off the side of the backboard, and then you see Cuban, his hands are in his head. You're like, bro, you're just covering your face because you're smiling. Exactly. And you're covering <laughs> your face because you're sad. Exactly. Yeah, I have no problem with tanking if it's, if it's strategy. We, every game we play, we have some sort of strategy with it. Mm. This is part of it. Mm-hmm. The Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson, I don't know, finger quotes fight was hilarious, especially now that you know what they said. Because if I feel like Kyle Anderson said to Rudy Gobert, block some shots. They said some bad words. I'm trying to remember this because I don't think I have it down. And then Kyle Anderson said to Rudy Gobert, and the word, the B word was around, uh, won't you get a rebound? And then Gobert, who's 94 feet tall, long swing, woo, Adam hit him in the shoulder. But they sent Gobert home like a kid who got in trouble. I know. Kid who got in trouble at recess fighting with somebody. Time to go home. It was great. Kyle Anderson stayed in the game. Gobert apologized. He even put up the, the picture of uh, um, uh, who got in the fight at, with the Warriors. Um, Draymond. Jordan, yeah, Draymond and Jordan Poole. Poole, yes. Yeah. He put the picture of Draymond. Anyway, I don't know about the Timberwolves. Did you also see Jaden McDaniels? The other guy that he had, he left the game where he got pushed what? or into the locker room and he punched something and broke his oh, hand. Oh, broke his hand. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a disaster. What a day. Uh, the Warriors set an NBA record 55 points in the first quarter versus the Blazers. They won 158 101. Clay Thompson dropped five three pointers in the first five minutes of the game. He had 20 points in 22 minutes. Thompson joined Curry and Harden as the only players to hit 300 plus three pointers in a single season. That's pretty awesome. They have the sixth seed. Warriors. So no play-in game. Can they come out of the West? Yes or no? Yeah. I'll I, always say yes to them. I think if they, because obviously you have to win your first round, but I think what actually is advantageous to them is they're playing a really good team first. So if they win this round, they're not having to pop up and play the one. They'll have to play the two. Mm-hmm. 
because one, four, two, but still before that, you're going to eight. So one, eight, two, seven, three, six, right? Mm-hmm. Four, four five. five. If they beat that three, they're basically the three then, they would play the two. So that means, count it down with me, from the West, one is Denver. Denver. So they're not playing Denver. No. They're going to play the two, which will be either Memphis or the Lakers. But if, if the, the Lakers, Lakers win, yeah. win yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. say it's Lakers. But okay. let's say they play the Lakers or Memphis. I would much rather play the Lakers or Memphis than Denver or the Suns. If they win the first round, mm-hmm. I think they got a better mm-hmm. second round draw. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it also depends on who wins what if the Lakers. You win heard what I said. Lakers. Yeah, hey, yeah. I, all in on the Lakers. You heard what I said. <laughs> Tyreek Hill says he'll retire after his contract ends. Hey, that's always easy to say when you're in a new contract. I've done this myself a few times. Oh, oh I'm signing a big deal here. I'm out after this one. Yeah, about three fourths of the way through. You got a lifestyle. You also got some things you want to build. You want to. It ain't so easy. But he says he's planning to retire at the end of his deal. He says 2025, final season. Thing is, though, he's also 31 years old, so he'll be 34, 35 or so. He'll be 31. Oh, is that it? Yeah. He's only... T- yeah, I know. Oh, he're, he's not retiring. Mark it down. Put this in the notes of my predictions. Yeah. He won't retire. He'll be too young. Yeah. ODB signing a one-year deal with the Ravens, which so does that mean that Lamar's coming back? Are they close? Is that what you see? I saw a FaceTime of those two talking. Yeah, and then they were at the club last night together. Right, so everything about that says that Lamar should be coming back, and they got him to make Lamar happy because they're not giving Lamar exactly what Lamar wants, but they're going to still really make him feel real special. By overpaying for OBJ? Well, $15 million guaranteed. I thought it would be 11 or 12 mm-hmm. I think I said that here. Mm-hmm. I did not think they'd give him 20 but it's worth up to $18 million with incentives. But $15 million guaranteed. The Ravens had been in... Contact with you know ODB, uh, OBJ since last year. I think ODB. Maybe I got yeah. your money <laughs> since <laughs> OBJ since last year. Yeah, um, but he just hasn't played. I mean, he's been hurt. Yeah. But so has Lamar. Maybe that's why they bond. <laughs> they go to the same uh, yeah. <laughs> physical trainer. Maybe they just hung out. <laughs> physical therapy. <laughs> and they're like, hey, what about, hey, why are you here? Me too. We should be on the same team. <laughs> I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. 
every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The pitch clocks made a big impact on dead time in baseball games. I saw one game went an hour and like 50 minutes. Yeah. It was like a 1-0 game or 2-1 game. I'm not even sure which one it was. It, was, it went an hour and 50 minutes. That's what I'm talking about. I saw Air, the movie, about an hour and 50 minutes. Wow. It was awesome. It was great, by the way. Yeah. It's not, I got I to gotta see it. Freaking amazing. Amazing if you're a sports person yeah. or you... It's like the history of Nike, basically. Although, Mike, didn't you think they made... Phil Knight, kind of dopey. Very dopey. Really? A little bit cheesy. Like, if that's really how Phil Knight is, and I'm sure there's something to it, because Ben Affleck's not just going to... Because the, the movie wasn't really cheesy. No, just his character was. Him going for a run, coming back. Yeah, just Phil Knight seemed like a real, like, dopey kind of dude. Really? I'm sure brilliant in his own ways, because you don't build that. But it was just a running shoe company. They didn't have any basketball players that were any good. I'm not going to spoil it, but... The guy they end up getting ends up being a pretty good basketball player. Really? Yeah. I wonder who it is. Yeah. I don't want to tell you. I don't <laughs> okay, tell you. Okay, I thanks, tell you. thanks. i give you a... He wore number 23. Oh, I don't... I, I, don't say okay. it. Don't spoil it for all right, all right, all right, all right. Don't spoil it. <laughs> but yeah, the pitch clock, man, it's been, been crushing as far as games are ending a little quicker. And the league batting average is up. And that's what you want. Quicker games, more action. If you can get them both at the same time, that's amazing. League batting average is almost 250 this year. It was 232 at this point last year. More steals. 81% of the steal attempts have been successful. Let's go. We want runs on the board. Let's go. We, this, we're in the quarterback area in the NFL because we're scoring points. Mm-hmm. We want runs. The average time of a baseball game is down 25 minutes across the board. The average length of all games is two and a half hours. There have been only four games this season that have exceeded last season's average. So only four that exceeded the average of last year. Hey, here we go. Marlins and Twins, 1-0, hour and 57 minutes. Boom. Sign me up. That is it. And that is it for this show. Thanks to Houston Barber for coming on. Thanks to Reed, who's now running our video since Eddie is out. So Reed's trying to do two things. I'm like, Reed, what do you think? It's like, well, (laughs) I don't... That's him messing with the cameras, too, at the same time. He's learning. Mm-hmm. I Reed, learning. Reed, how was your day? It was incredible, yeah. It was good. I got back super late last night, but I got some good rest and uh, finished some work this morning, and here we go. 
Yeah, I kind of how was your day here on the show, but I like that you gave me the whole oh, Easter yeah. weekend trip. It was good. <laughs> Where'd you go for Easter? <laughs> I went back home to Arkansas, saw the family, um, ate some good food. Uh, you know, well, most families, you know, usually cook, but my family, we ordered Mexican food, but it was it was incredible. It was good. Well, Mike's family also had Mexican food. <laughs> yeah, we, we just call it food, though. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, it is what it is. Uh, final thought, Kevin? Mine is going to be on, I know we don't talk about hockey, we haven't yet, but I'm not a huge hockey guy. I will I don't, admit I don't think that. about hockey. Yeah, me either. But, you know, these Bruins just set the NHL record yesterday. They won 63 games. I've seen them play a couple times. I saw them here against the Preds in person. I don't know a lot about hockey, but they are damn good, and they're fun to watch. I will watch in the playoffs. I usually do every year, and then especially them being good, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I know nothing about hockey. I went to, I've been to a couple games, but I've really only been to one to watch the actual hockey. Because I went, I went on the broadcast once. I was like a commentator for here, and I don't, I don't know crap about hockey. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, so I wasn't calling into the game. But I went to a game. I watched uh, maybe like game six of the Stanley Cup Finals. It was the Preds here in Nashville and the Pittsburgh Penguins. We got beat, and it was ugly. And I was like, all right, that does it for me. <laughs> That's it. I'm out of here. I'm checking out on this it one. It is fun to go in person, though. I do want to say, too, my final thought was I'd just like to compliment anybody that has anything to do with the coverage of the Masters because I could basically watch any hole. I could, if I just put in a little effort, follow almost any golfer I wanted, but just knowing where they were on the course. Because on the ESPN side of things, they would have Amen Corner. They'd have... Hole three, four, five, six. They'd have specific groups with specific. It was just easy. I have YouTube TV is kind of my main TV spot too. So right beside each other with Golf Channel, ESPN. The coverage was awesome. For an event that's so old and it's all tradition and it's like Fogey Central, like they, they're really like progressive on making sure we can see the whole thing. It's pretty cool. So I like to shout them out. That's my final thought. I love that. I love the Masters. I think it's so much fun. Glad to see Tiger make the cut. Sad to see him hurt his foot or just not want to play anymore because it was raining. I felt that too. I was limping around too when it was raining. Yeah. I tried to pull out of our game with Eddie and I out of the course. It was muddy. And he was like, you can't you can't quit, dude. You can't withdraw. Didn't work. It wasn't a tournament. And secondly, just get in the car and go home. I was like, oh, I should probably withdraw. He's like, no. <laughs> Come Reed, on, Eddie. Reed, do you have final thought? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to skip all the way to this coming up weekend. It's going to be my birthday weekend, so I'm going to try to play a little golf and uh, get back to swinging my baby clubs before I order the new ones. Because um, I played this last weekend, and uh, I don't know I don't know if I was psyching myself out because I, I knew that I needed longer clubs now. How tall are you? Six. I say 6'2". You said 6'3". He's 6'3". Six, he's 6'3". Three. Three. At least. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. slouches, so that may make him 6'2", but he's 6'3". Yeah. As he tries to straighten up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad about it. I'm bad. But I'll take it. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you. Follow 25 Whistles on Instagram, and we will... And on TikTok, right, Reed? Absolutely. Yeah, Reed yeah. runs those. And we're TikTok. done. We're done. Blow the whistle, Kevin. <laughs> See you guys later this week. Theme song written by Bobby Bones and performed by Brandon Ray. Follow Brandon on socials at Brandon Ray Music. Thanks to our crew, segment producer at Kickoff Kevin, video producer at Reed Yarberry, and executive producer at Mike Distro. Most importantly, thank you for listening. I'm Bobby Bones. We'll talk to you next week. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.